Nobody does fall better than Whole Foods Market. The Spice Up Autumn event is happening now. Save on Animal Welfare Certified Beef Top Sirloin Steak, perfect with gravy for a comforting meal. Find savings on organic honey crisp apples and organic pears. Then visit the bakery department for their limited time pumpkin butter chai cake. And while you can, level up your fridge with fall wine, beers, and ciders. Spice up autumn at Whole Foods Market. Term supply must be 21 plus. Please drink responsibly. Welcome back to the podcast. want to give a thank you or shout out to Double Shovel Cider Company in Anchorage for allowing me to host a book release party last week. Uh, a lot of fun. Or two weeks ago now. Because after that, we spent yeah. our week yeah, up and this podcast ago. will be uh, recapping all of that. <clears throat> um, and then also, I think this is a good time we could talk about the rebranding. This uh, will be the podcast mm-hmm. formerly known as the Mediocre Alaskan Podcast. going to change it to On Step Alaska. Um, when I started the podcast in 2017, it was kind of a, I don't know, ribbing or joking or just this idea of everyone's like, oh, I'm a badass Alaskan or I'm the best Alaskan or I went up to Alaska and I conquered Alaska. And so I was like, all right, well, you know, I'm just ordinary guy, Alaska. So it was kind of a joke. But I think culturally things have gotten to the point now where mediocrity is like the rallying cry of yeah. people and it's getting kind of, and I don't stand for that whatsoever. And there was a while when I was trying to bridge it. I was like, we need to redefine mediocre and we need to get past mediocre and you battle through those times that you're not good at something. But now it just seems like it stands for something or that word stands for something yeah. I absolutely don't agree with. Yeah. I have that sticker on my water bottle, the mediocre Alaskan podcast one. And I've gotten a few comments on it now where people are like, what is it with you millennials and mediocre, <laughs> you know? Why do you why do you guys settle for just okay? Oh, and I'm gosh. like, no, that's not really the point. So. Yeah, yeah. It was funny about seven years ago, six years ago, but uh, now not so much. So I'm going to change it to On Step Alaska. Um, in boating terms, uh, when you were on plane, that means that uh, you're you're cruising, you're on top of the waves, you're you're not plowing or doing anything weird. So uh, in Alaska, we kind of refer to that as being up on step. It can also mean and when you're telling a good story or you're feeling it and you're, you're on step. So, um, it's kind of what, uh, we're going to change it to pretty excited for it. It's different, new, uh, still same program. Still talk about hunting, fishing, outdoors products. Um, there you go. So, uh, that's, that's to come doing the, doing the rebrand here. So we'll see how that goes. Thought about it a couple of times, but now it just seems like it, it just absolutely has to happen. Yeah. Period. Yeah. <laughs> Mediocre. I, yeah, I won't go there. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's hard, hard to defend now. So, um, there that is. And, uh, now to recap the trip, it's kind of recap it without just going day by day storytelling. Um, let's talk about food first. Food. Food. Nobody cares food. about food. Everyone who cares about food. Okay. The taco truck at Double Shovel, because this actually kind of coincides with the beginning of the trip. The taco truck yeah. at uh, at Double Shovel, the first day that we were that there. That was, was the best food we had, I think. It was real good. Mochilleros? I don't know how to yeah, say that. something like that. It's, um, I think Warm, they're at yeah. Double Shovel quite a bit, but they're an Anchorage-based uh, food truck, and it was, was it Guatemalan? Yeah, something like that. Tacos. Oh, so good. Doblados. Um... I don't even remember other Spanish words that I had never heard before. I'm assuming it was Spanish. So good. I went there on Thursday to kind of get the lay of the land, and they were there. And they had uh, 
um, carne asada, uh, tacos, and then the menu was a little bit different on Friday um, for the for the release party, yeah. but so good. Yeah, that was good. So what's what was your food thing that stuck out? That was it. That was it. That was it. Um, I don't know. I don't think any of the other food we had was like super remarkable. No, it was good. I thought um, the uh, Spernard Roadhouse. That was good. Was really mm-hmm. good. Um, the, got the burgers second time. The first time went and got the breakfast burrito. I got a burger both times. That was really good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. Uh, pretty quick too. Very busy, but a yeah. big space. Pretty quick. Good. Yep. Um, I'd also say the, uh, nachos at the, was it trails end? What's that place? It was by, uh, mm. near the bridge where, uh, it goes over the Willow Creek. Um, they had dogs there. Yeah. Was it Trailside? Trailside maybe. Cafe? Yeah. They had, uh, had sled dogs there, a little fire pit with some seats around it and they had some really good nachos. It was after one of our uh. floats. So pretty sure the nachos were really, really good, but it may have also been because of the, uh, just length of the float. Yeah. But, uh, super good. Had some chicken on it and then the cheese was real good. And we had some leftover dogs from hot dogs, um, not trail dogs or I did raw dogs or anything. Um, so cooked those up in the jet boil, boiled them in the, in the jet boil and then used the extra sauce from the nachos to make, uh, cheese dogs. Yeah. Super good. But, uh, could not eat them outside because the Mosquitoes were so stinking bad. Yeah, yeah, that was a rough. It's weird when we got up to Denali. We can talk about maybe uh, best hike now. Uh, we got up to Denali. <laughs> sure. <laughs> just, just random. Well, there's nothing else with food, right? That kind of kind of yeah, did yeah, the that's food. Fine, that's like, fine. Um, I don't think anyone listens to the podcast for food, anyways. So. No, but if you're in the Anchorage area and or you are listening and you're making an Alaskan trip uh, to the to Matsu Valley or in the Anchorage area, those would be some recommendations of some places to go to. That's good. Um, so and then shout out for having good stuff, you know, Alaskan businesses. Um, but so it's interesting. We we spent a couple of days in Anchorage and then uh, a couple of days fishing in the Matsu Valley. Did uh, a couple floats in the alpaca rafts, which were which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Maybe we we'll talk about gear first before the hikes. Um, I don't know how many times I said it, but these alpacas are just what a yeah, what a purchase. They're awesome. What a purchase. They um, got going good with the uh, with the current, but you can still turn easily, and you can still go up against the current if you really needed to row. Easy to go to to shore. Don't have to worry too much about if you're hitting sticks or anything. If you're if you're um, going over the water, and I'm a pretty novice. I'm not a white water rafter whatsoever, um, but felt super stable, comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just game changer. Hate hate the term, but it really is different. Yeah, they're cool. Yeah. Um, so, since we're talking about the floating and the fishing, how how would you rate that fishing compared to here or? It's hard. It's really difficult because there's some nice fish in there, and we knew there was some nice fish in there because if you get some of these smaller creeks that have runs of salmon big salmon you're going to get a really hearty diet some of these smaller creeks down here in southeast don't drain massive swaths of land and don't have massive amounts of food so there's a good amount of food 
But a lot of our rivers, I mean, they at least have pink salmon runs. They're getting yeah, yeah, pretty 100%. big inputs of... Yeah. But when you think about the up north um, mainland rivers, like the Kenai, those trout are they're salmon-sized trout because of so much food. And the genetics are so good. And there's so much food. And there's so much... The habitat's really good for them. So um, being that it was it was a mainland river, and if it was a tributary of a massive one... Um, knew there's going to be big fish there and we saw some big fish there, but it's always hard to know what the population of it is. And I was kind of thinking about it. And we talked about this briefly as we were driving to the next one. It was the Pratt, the Platte river in Wyoming came to mind just because you're known for having big fish and the Platte river, but they were so easy to catch. There were so many of them. So yeah. you were catching, <clears throat> we never caught like the dream fish, but you catch some really, really nice fish knowing there's bigger fish out there, but then also picking up quite a few smaller fish. So we got some of the nice rainbows that I don't know if they're upper tier, but may have been upper tier, but just not a lot of action in between, which was kind of weird. Yeah. And that, that's the strange thing. If there's going to be some of those really big fish, I would have thought that it would be consistent catching at some of these areas, um, that looked really, really fishy. And as soon as the water started to drop, we thought, hey, this is going to happen. We're going to pick up more of the fish, but there's going to be and action. The fishing got time. worse. It was crazy. Fishing got worse. Yeah. It's it's hard for me to wrap my head around because the places that looked really good, like that I would have fished down south, that I would have been like, oh, this is perfect. I think we're maybe not the right spots to be fishing. Um, But I also think that I'm starting to think that maybe Wyoming has ruined, I don't know, like... I, I think of Alaska and I think of like abundant fish game, whatever, like it should be easy to catch fish. And it was not easy. I caught yeah. one rainbow and two grayling <laughs> in three days. <laughs> um, and I think it's like, there are just so many people that come to Alaska for that. On top of the fact that like Anchorage itself has what, 200, 250,000. Yeah. Something like that. And in the whole state of Wyoming, you have less than 500,000 people. And there are some rivers that people go to Wyoming to fish, but there's also a lot of other rivers that have good fit, you know? So it's like my standard for fishing is like, I'm, I should always be catching fish, even if they're not the best fish. Yeah. And one of the advantages that Wyoming has in, in addition to the population is that with dams, you are creating incredible habitat and with catch and release rules, you're not relying, relying on it's not natural. So you're not relying on, on fish that are returning from the ocean that are providing feed for others. You're not uh, relying on migration or anything. These fish are just kind of stuck between dams or they're, they're in a lake or reservoir and then come up out of the lake. And so it's uh, a much different thing. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's a, it, was a, it was a creek. It was a small creek. It wasn't like a huge river, like the Kenai or Kasilov or the Russian. So when you're fishing there, actually the Russian's pretty small too. Um, so I, I don't want to be too disappointed because there's some nice fish in there, but I really, I really thought, and I think one of the, the, one of the main things was that those rivers get so much wood and log debris that they fish really differently. So you can have the fish that are holding in these log jams and we got hung up, but that was at least probably two dozen flies that we lost. Yeah. Which is evidence that we were fishing deep enough and then we were fishing those areas where the fish were probably holding. But there are a lot of areas that you looked at the water and you thought this is a nice roughly area. This is a great spot for a dry fly or something's going to be holding in this spot. But then we thought, you know, it'd probably be holding there if there were salmon in the river and they would be kind of near them or in the vicinity. But 
trying to get our get your flies into these log jams, you think, I mean, is is the current yeah. so strong down there that it's not even getting down to the spot where they can hold being outside of the current? So I think part of it too is there's probably a good amount of fish in there, but not knowing how to fish it. Um, yeah, I stuff. also I wonder about because those the the creeks that we fished were mostly kind of rocky, sandy bottom. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that there's like a whole lot of insect hatches like you get down south with, you know, fat salmon flies or Yeah. Yeah, you're anything. Your yeah. stonefly salmon fly hatch, like that's a meaty thing. So if you're just trying mm-hmm. to we saw a couple of grayling that were taking stuff uh, off the surface. But, but those there, are like gnats and mosquitoes. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of bug life. No. Um, but winter wouldn't have been pretty late. So I think this is another thing too. Another thing that was against us was it was pretty early in the season yeah. um, as it has been. So, um, yeah, I, I would, I definitely liked fishing a wild river way better than a reservoir or like a setup system with stocked fish. hundred percent. Oh yeah, for sure. But as far as when you look at a fish that, or look at a, at a river that has a reputation for having some good fish, you can't help but wonder you can't help but think, okay, this is going to be a good fishery because there's big fish. So there's a chance at a big one, but then also we should have some consistent action in it. Yeah. You know, you're not entitled to that, but I think that we're at the point now where, you know, we have enough intel, we had enough flies, we had enough know-how to. to yeah. I mean, you got some stuff. nice fish. Yeah. Um, I just wonder though, if like that, the reliance on salmon instead of insects maybe affects where they're holding and that's just not well that's that's all theoretical on my part too like maybe i would expect like when you look at some of the trout that we see that are following the steelhead up and some of those areas where you would not fish for trout if there weren't steelhead around yeah you can fish for trout if steelhead around because they're kind of following them up they're in the same vicinity um so that's just pure conjecture on my part that those areas would would be less effective but our our buddy kyle was talking about fishing those log jams which we did and it makes a lot of sense you could pull some nice fish out of those log jam areas but it's just hard to tell with the swiftness of the current where your fly is going and mm-hmm. you know what what that what the approach should be and how long you should be at it too sometimes we'd stop for kind of two times through and then move on because there was a good amount of of water a lot of bends and a lot of a lot of stuff that looked really really fishy um but you know, it was it was pretty pretty tough fishing. We talked to some other people too, and it was just kind of slow. So it was slow. Yeah. Um, for everybody. Don't yeah. Don't sound too entitled or anything like that. But yeah, it's. So I, I don't know to answer at the long way to answer your question. I I. I want to like it more than I did. I loved the fact that it was sandy and gravelly, and we could we could beach the. Um, yeah, floating it was floating it was awesome. It was a so, such a great float, and I the weather was great. A little chilly one day, um, little pockets of rain here and there, but awesome float. Great getting in and out of the water. Mm-hmm. No bears, but yeah. it would be nice to pick up more fish. But that's always the case. So um, yeah, would you go back and fish it? Yeah. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, what's the catch? 
But after talking to them and using their service, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. For anyone who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. I was hesitant about having to get a new phone and a new phone number, but with Mint, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone and your same phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or for a family, and at Mint, families start at two lines. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and to get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com/waypoint. That is mintmobile.com/waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Same thing with the, with the Kasilov, Kenai, and Russian. I was so, we went to the Russian. This is the, this is the honeymoon trip two years ago. Yeah. I don't, did you even fish the Russian? You were so angry about it. I was, I was so angry about it. I was tired because we'd fished the upper yeah. Kenai first and we drove up there and had to kind of hike in. Had no idea what was going on. The water was low. There weren't a lot of fish around. And I was just appalled by the lines of people that were, you know, it was three or four feet. This is actually the same day we fished the, this is the day that we fished the Kasilov and a dude tail hooked a king uh, doing the flossing method. Tail hooked a king. It took off downriver. And there was one section, there was like 200 yards where no one was fishing. It was just you and me, which was great because we could just toss. Uh, use our switch rods and make long casts. And it was fun because you felt like you were fishing, not just I have to do really, really short casts because there's a person yeah. five feet below, five feet above. So the guy tail hooks this king. It goes down past me. Um, and I see that it's tail hooked and he sees that it's tail hooked. And then uh, I go back to fishing and I turn around. The next thing I know, he's walking up the bank with the dead fish. I'm like, what in the hell? Yeah. So that kind of irritated me. I don't know if that's the same day, but by the time we got to the Russian River, just the the crowds had, had kind of gotten to me, so I didn't even fish. And then you hooked into one. You were wearing it was a was it like a prince nymph with a um, hot spot at the top that uh, you hooked one. No, with? it was that those little sockeye flies that we had. Oh, little sockeye flies. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Um, I I'd, I'd used that before for sockeye and the Thorn River. Um, just Are there a, sockeye in the Thorn River? Yeah, there's oh. a. Um, it's a prince nymph with a little bit of red thread behind the bead. Oh. Uh, Kurt ties them. Uh, they're they're pretty they're pretty cool flies. Those and then uh, with a little bit of green hot spot. Those hot spot or the um, uh, crystal dubbing too. Just make mm-hmm. a little extra. It's the same buggy type look, but with a little extra extra flair. Those are those are some cool flies. But um, yeah, I'd go back just with a better attitude. Maybe again later in the year. This is the second time that we've been there in June when it should be, you should be fishing reds in, in, um, Seward. Yeah. Um, But it doesn't make any sense for us to, cause we're not going to keep the fish. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe one or two for dinner or something like that. But then of course, if we do go up there during peak time later on in the year, when the big, when it's really trout season, it's probably one of those just insane fishing days. We catch a whole bunch of really nice rainbows, um, 
but then we'd be giving up what we have here and that's august is hunting time here and yeah i don't know i don't i like trout fishing but i don't know if i'd want to leave hunting season here to go up there to catch trout yeah i'd like to figure the trout fishing out better down here yeah. before because that's i always kind of thought like oh it's i mean i think the kenai is pretty exceptional but i don't know that where we fished this time was it's probably potential for a bigger fish but other than that not really that much yeah. more exceptional in here yeah it was cool to see again we don't have rivers like that here um yeah maybe here and there yeah. it was just different but, uh yeah i'm glad we did it so the honeymoon was uh kenai peninsula and this last trip was fishing uh, or first in anchorage for a couple of days then uh, fishing the matsu valley and then uh, on our way up to denali which now we'll get back to the topic i brought up a long time ago about hikes so we went mm -hmm. fishing and then hiking uh we did some hikes in the park and out of the parks um what uh where did denali rank as far as a park on because you've been to Yellowstone, you've been... Yeah, over. I mean, I think as far as not being a zoo, it ranks really high. Um, it's pretty cool. I didn't... Like, if I could do it over, I think I, I would have done more days in the backcountry. I didn't realize how easy it was to just get on that bus, and then you can just go wherever you want, and they'll pick you up and drop you off and as many times as you want, basically, when yeah. you're back out there. Um, that's pretty cool. And so they, they make it really easy for you to access the backcountry, but hardly anybody does. And so that's really, I thought that was really nice. Um, and also kind of mind-blowing that, like, when we got back on that one bus where we saw the wolf. Yeah. And um, it's like they were, always, they were almost making fun of the people who had gotten off the bus for, like, 30 minutes at the end. They were yeah. like, oh, too bad they missed out on this. Bet they're feeling pretty stupid now. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, bet they're not because I bet they're enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun to be on the bus and see that, but yeah, like you said, you could just get off and walk in a lot of these areas. There were a couple of spots that were closed down, so you couldn't walk in. But yeah, it was. I mean, there were no bugs too. That was amazing. Yeah, that was amazing. Um, yeah, I, 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 same thing. It was. It was so nice to. We had access to one campground, so you can drive in. You can go to the Savage Creek Campground. You can drive in with your own vehicle. It's on paved road. But everything past that, you have to take the bus in unless you are going to be in the park for three nights or more. Mm -hmm. um, and even then, you can't drive around. You can just drive to the one campground back yeah. there. And then uh, take the bus from there. So it was it was awesome. We got some good, mm -hmm. uh, good hikes around and um, knew there were going to be sheep around. And so that was one of my main goals was to, to get a whole or get, uh, get some footage of some sheep and run one of the hikes and decided to go up and over into a different drainage and we did and right off the bat saw some sheep the wind was crazy it was very difficult to hold the tripod or the spotter on the tripod still and we were kind of limited on time it would have been cool to, to drop down a little bit and make our way to a little bit closer um, to get some better pictures and get some better footage but you know, without being like so close you're harassing the animals of course mm -hmm. but uh, yeah spectacular just uh, really cool we got um Got to see Denali on the way in. It was mostly obscured with clouds, but it was kind of poking out the top. And then our first full day in there. Yeah, um, cleared up. Yeah, there was cleared up and it's got some really good views of it. Yeah. It's a cool place. And Still, half of it is closed because there was a landslide yeah. that took out the road. So yeah. I definitely, I would want to go back and see 
some more territory. Yeah. I think it'd be pretty cool. It would have been nice to be able to see the caribou from closer. The wolf was cool because not everybody sees the wolves. And we've seen wolves before, but to see a wolf in Denali when it's, it is so wild that they don't have yeah. to be anywhere close. Didn't see a bear, but uh, saw pretty much everything else, which is cool. Yeah. Still convinced there has to be grayling in there. I know that Yeah. the the people were saying that there's no grayling in those creeks. But I think that could be a way of saying, oh, yeah, there's nothing there and because they don't want people to fish. Because that would add a whole different dynamic if you got people showing up with, you know, slang and power bait in there or something like that. Or even if you did have catch and release, fly fishing only, it would just add another dimension. You'd have people on the shores. You'd have more potential for animal conflict. So I'm not saying that they're lying about the fish, but there just has to be grayling in some of those rivers. I know that they're glacial, yeah. glacial felt, uh, glacial fed and they are kind of silty, but they are stinking pretty clear. Yeah. Yeah. They look beautiful. It was interesting. Everyone had a different answer about like, are there fish? And they'd be like, well, yeah, you can fish. I wouldn't. Or like, yeah. yeah, but the this the one who was like, oh, the silt clogs their gills and they die. Coagulates them, their lungs and they would die, yeah. Or, yeah, they just all. Yeah. Well, you look at the Copper River. I mean, that thing is milky all the way to the mouth. Yeah. These rivers were not at all. So they're closer to the glaciers, yeah. but the, the Copper River goes right next to a glacier. And all these are glacier fed. Yeah. So, and there's also another comment on there that they're also spring fed. So it's not cl- uh, just... I think the big thing is if there's somewhere for them to overwinter, they'll yeah. be fish. If there's not, then... Yeah, that, w- that would be the thing that convinced me. There were a couple of deeper pockets of some of the rivers, but, you know... But, I mean, those that area freezes, what, five yeah. feet deep, probably? Yeah. So, if they were to say that, like, ah, uh, it gets too cold, man, yeah, makes some sense. So, there's no lakes. That makes a lot yeah. of sense. So, um, I think that's that's the problem with... Uh, well, it's that lake that drains the Kasilov. They're saying oh, that there's the, you don't have like resident trout. Like Kenai gets a lot more. Yeah. It doesn't freeze over as much because the river on the north end, um, or the 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 upper Kenai, circulates the water better, and Kasilov comes right from the Testamina Glacier into a smaller lake. Is it Testamina Lake? Testamina Glacier, Testamina Lake, and then the river. So it's way colder, more silt no resident trout or fewer resident trout or something like that. Is that what mm. I remember correctly? Okay. I have no idea, but it sounds uh, all right. I could be, could be making that stuff up. But yeah. I, I think that was the difference there. And it was weird because I, I was excited about maybe catching some rainbows in the Kasilov because if it's that close, then why wouldn't it be the same? But that makes sense. If the Russian river drains in the Kenai and the Kenai is just snow melt, uh, versus the Kasilov being straight up glacier melt. So, yeah, yeah, I would I would have totally bought that answer. Yeah, no fish because uh, no lakes to winter over, and way too cold because it comes right from glaciers. I'd be like, yeah, there's no fish, but because I did not hear that answer, <laughs> I'm thinking there's. But fish. I don't think it's worth fishing. No, no, I think there's a, you would drive yourself crazy drifting a nice little elk hair caddis in some of those riffles that look so fishy, but not gonna happen. And it's nice too that um, you don't have that extra. Distraction. Yeah, looking at a, a map here of Testamina Lake, and it's just glacier. Glacier, short creek or short river, Testamina Lake, and then short. So, whereas the um, Kenai Lake is on the north side, and then you get the 
Russian River coming in, then you got the glacier coming in, whatever glacier that is, that drains into uh, Ski Lack. And yeah. then, oh, yeah, so that makes a lot of sense. Um, so that was uh, that was Denali. So at the Savage River Campground for one night, two nights at uh, Teclamina. Teclanica. Teclanica. Teclamina. That's a new, oh, Testamina. Yeah, that's how I got that one wrong. Uh, two nights there. And then um, went out, fished the uh, Matsu Valley a little bit more, and then uh, back to Anchorage. Yep. Went by the Spernard Roadhouse again. Uh, tried to go to the 49th Brewery, 49th State Brewery, whatever the yeah. brewery was. And they had, you had to be there to make reservations. And it was an hour and a half out. So, like, well, you're supposed to the go The wait there. was an hour and a half. Yeah, and you had to be there in person to get on the list yeah so did not go there but that's been our experience everywhere downtown in anchorage is super long wait when brandon picked me up from the airport and we went downtown to j street and it took about 15 minutes but we got in and then uh but where is j i mean that's is that really same area yeah it's right same area it's uh, like a block or something from there okay um but yeah, super. The the halibut sandwich was was really good. Jack said that it was. Uh, these are Alaska Wild Project guys. Um, I was on their podcast Wednesday, and um, so they picked me up. We went out um, to dinner at J Street, and then uh, then went there to uh, to what was that restaurant podcast. called? Um, I think it's just J Street. J Street. Anchorage. Nobody does fall better than Whole Foods Market. The Spice Up Autumn event is happening now. Save on Animal Welfare Certified Beef Top Sirloin Steak. Perfect with gravy for a comforting meal. Find savings on organic honey crisp apples and organic pears. Then visit the bakery department for their limited time pumpkin butter chai cake. And while you can, level up your fridge with fall wine, beers, and ciders. Spice up bottom at Whole Foods Market. Terms apply. Must be 21 plus. Please drink responsibly. I thought it was. Oh. Uh. J Street Pub. Oh, uh, oh F Street. F Street? Oops. Yeah, F Street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's different. F Street Station. Low-key bar serving up seafood and draft beer plus a weekend brunch with the popular Eggs Benedict. But yeah, F Street. It was really good. Um, Jack recommended the, the halibut sandwich and yeah, it was as good, if not better than any halibut sandwich I've ever had. And like I said, we were there for, I don't know, 15 minutes before Brandon and I got a table. Uh, this moved people in and out pretty quick and, uh, really good food and good service. And it's a block, block and a half from, uh, 49th state brewing. Huh? Uh, well, <laughs> Yeah, super I good. I guess it's uh, it's not on the the list yet. Maybe it's on the local list. Yeah, I think everybody's looking to go to when they go up to these places. They want to go to the brewery, the ta, brewery in Talkeetna. They had the the brewery itself, which had a whole bunch of cars added, and then in Talkeetna, that was the biggest of all the yeah. restaurants. There's a a strip of restaurants, which is pretty cool. It's a cool little town because you can walk down the middle and there's there's stuff going on. And um, really like Talkeetna, but 
but it's it's off a spur road, so it's kind of interesting that was it the railroad went through there. Yep. And then when the highway was punched in, it was punched in at a different location on the other side of the river. So now Talking is on a spur road, but still just has a very vibrant existence. It's the jumping off point for hikers or for alpinists going up uh, Denali. Yep. Um, and yeah, just got a cool, a disproportionate amount of restaurants and stuff to go on there. But uh, really cool spot. And uh, the brewery there was, was pretty busy. But where would we eat? Homestead. Home. Yeah, I think Homestead. Homestead like Kitchen. Really good. Yeah, it was good. Got the loaded potato. If it was a little bigger, I think that would have been better. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, they had some fancy stuff. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, what else? What, uh, I don't know, it's very difficult to compare, but uh, Kenai or the up north trip, trip that we did? Kenai fishing, definitely better. Up north hiking, I think, yeah. was better. Yeah, it's hard to compare because you're – it was fun to get variety on those other rivers where you were getting – it could be a big dolly, it could be a big rainbow, just beautiful rainbows too that mm-hmm. are just almost totally white or silver because they blend in. A lot of fun, and there was some, some sockeye that were running up there. So we knew that it wasn't going to be the same and that kings were shut down and that we didn't even – like it was tough fishing for everybody up there in Matsu, but we kind of expected that going in. We're just hoping to get some some we nice did? fish because they're around. I... Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, I thought it was going to be it was going to be wide open because you don't have you don't have salmon around where they're just everything's trying to fatten up. So all these trout are just getting huge. Um, but uh, yeah, fun to see yeah. both both sides of it, and now we'll have to figure out where we want to go on our next uh, odd year trip. Yeah. Got to hit Fairbanks. Maybe. Maybe? Yeah. Maybe for hunting. Yeah. I don't know that there's that much to do there in June. Grayling fishing, we can help Harrison with the cabin. We're not going on vacation to build Harrison's <laughs> house. <laughs> and he should be done in two years. Yeah, that's true. That's true, hopefully. But if we do make a hunt trip uh, next year or this year or whenever, then... Then uh, we can help. Then we can if help. we're going there for something else. Yeah. It was pretty sweet last year, just being up there by the fire, do a little bit of work with the logs, and then just yeah. have a little campfire there, and it was it was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, it's cool to see different parts of the state. There's different character. Uh, same thing happens in southeast, and because you can't drive from one community to another, it seems like they keep their individual identity mm-hmm. a little bit more intact. Um, but uh, yeah, super. super fun to see new parts of the state, and that Denali was, I mean, you just you got to go to it. You gotta go check it out and yeah. do some hiking around and bring your spotting scope and look for some uh look for some sheep. And, any uh, wildlife. Any wildlife, yeah. yeah. But uh any other what what would you recommend if someone's gonna go up to Matsu Valley to, to trout fish, if someone's going to yeah, we um the day before you got up there, I went into Mossy's in Anchorage and there's a guy there who'd gone out with a guide and only caught three grayling his wife caught one he caught two uh went on a half day guided trip and only caught uh caught three grayling and i didn't catch a grayling the whole time we did three floats yeah maybe um yeah so what would you what would you recommend someone's going to fish that area if they're trying to plan a trip at this time of the year too because obviously if you go during peak 
peak time, you're going to get peak fish. Yeah, I would recommend to go at a different time. <laughs> if you really want to fish. Yeah. I mean, because if you go up there to fish and you go now and you catch three grayling on a guided tour, I think that guy probably was disappointed. Yeah. It kind of, well, he, I don't know how much experience he had and that can make a big difference too, because if the water's high and you have, you've got to get the fly to do something other than like fishing in, in lower Sacramento in Redding, where you're just in a drift boat and you're floating and you're just watching a bobber because it's just an endless run. Yeah. We're just hundreds of yards. You don't have to worry about anything. Whereas these rivers where they're turning, you got to pay attention to where you're casting, where the lane is so much more. And then also depth and everything else that, that plays a, a huge role into that. Your hook sets are going to be different if you're fishing nymphs versus if you're fishing like a, a Dalai Lama under an indicator, you know, that, that trailing hook isn't as stout. So it's not just going to stay there. So it's, and something can hit the top part of it. A lot of other things can go wrong. So if you're not experienced at fly fishing, that's going to be a problem. Um, and then also, you know, guides make a big difference too. You can have guides that are really patient, articulate, get you really, really on the fish and other people who are just, I'm going to guide. Yeah. That's what I do during the summer, but it's mostly just to pay money so I can, I can party. But. Yeah. I just, I think the fishing was slow. Yeah. I mean, regardless of experience. Or- so if June was the only time that a person could go what would you recommend if they were trout fishing in matsu valley and then what would you recommend someone who's going up to denali in june what would you recommend yeah. you're asking me yeah uh i would say similar to you i would if you want to take your own car if you're renting a car i don't i think savage campground is a good campground yeah yeah, that's another good point, though. You can get to Denali without renting a car, and you can get around Denali without a rental car. Yeah. Because you can take the train up there, and then once you're at the entrance, there are buses everywhere. There are buses that take you out of the park to restaurants. Yeah. And it's not a super crowded bus. It's not like you have to wait 15, 30 hours to get on a bus or sign up for a bus. There were times when we are walking between stops, and the green buses will pick you up, and they'll take you to the next campsite mm-hmm. or take you where you want to go. You have to pay for your entry and have your, your ticket and stuff, but it's super easy to get around. So you don't have to have everything planned out to the minute to catch this exact bus because if you don't catch this exact bus, then it's going to be full and you're going to be in trouble. Now, that could be different later on in the year, um, but yeah. it might not be, and that was super nice. So if you do rent a vehicle and you want to camp there, you could stay at Savage Campground and you could just take the bus in. Like you said, the... Most of the park is not accessible because of the landslide. So you can just take that early bus in and do whatever you want. And you could use Savage Campground as your home base. Well, so that bus that goes, so the dirt road, you'd have to camp at Tech when you get campground. Because the, once, the, once you're back on the pavement, then you have to buy a new bus ticket. So if you camp at Savage, you'd have to buy a new bus ticket every day. Each day? day? Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Yeah, just get into Teklanika then. Yeah. And then use that as your jumping off point. And I mean, you can even walk along the river for ever. Yeah. Which is pretty sweet. But there are some other. Uh, Igloo Mountain was a cool hike that we started up and kind of shaly. So. Um, and I think a lot of the like bus drivers, when we asked them about, hey, what, where's a good place to start this, or what do you think about, you know, they were all pretty knowledgeable about different hikes and stuff. Back because there's no trails, so you kind of just gotta look at your topo maps and figure out 
where you want to go, how you're yeah. going to get there. Yeah. So you would recommend going at a different time? For the fishing. For yeah. Denali, I think mid, mid-June is perfect. Yeah. No bugs yet, which made the experience mm-hmm. so different. You could hang out by your campfire. You could be outside. That's mm-hmm. massive. Um, one of the tour guides was talking about how um, late or mid to late August is when the everything starts to turn red. Oh, um, yeah. And orange. You I get the fall, actually the mid fall to colors. Late July. Yeah. So you get the, the fall colors showing up, obviously, because the, the winter ends um, a lot sooner. Or the the summer ends a lot uh, a lot sooner up there as far as uh, um, temperatures and whatnot go. So, um, and then one place to eat in Anchorage, where would you recommend? Spinards, Spinard Roadhouse. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's good. Good. That's good. I mean, yeah, it's just it's solid. You're not gonna be disappointed. It's nothing like crazy, but it was good enough. We went twice. Yeah. I'm just not the type of person who's going to wait an hour and a half for anything. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's true. It's got to be super, super exceptional, but even then, and there's got to be some sort of hype thing. We talked about that with a lot of time, the breweries, you get in there and it's, it's cool. It's a nice environment, but you know, also there's a good chance that it's kind of overrated because it's about the beer and the food might not be that yeah. great. That was a nice thing about being down in, in Saldana when we were down there two years ago was that the breweries were easy access you got in yeah, and had good food. Yeah. The pizza at... I get them mixed up. Pizza's at one of them. And the Kenai River Brewing had the good... Wings and Wings burger. and burger. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the other... I was like... Yeah, anyways. I don't know. Yeah. Dot, nah, salt, dot. Salt dot now. Yes, if someone else is googling for you, then that makes it Saint Elias. I know that was it. Saint Elias Brewing. That was mm-hmm. had the really good pizzas, and then uh, Kenai River Brewing had good wings and burgers. So, all right, um, it's uh, about four fifty. I think we're gonna head out and uh, try to catch some catch a king. I guess not some kings. Fishing's been kind of slow. Had some killer whales moving in. And then uh, trollers are just uh, all around too, so it's pretty, pretty packed fishery close to town, which is about what we have available to us with our 18-foot skiff boat. Give it a couple turns this this evening afternoon. So, yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks again for uh, listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next time.